This is Mo Ryan, and you're listening to Chuck versus the Podcast. You were about to enter Chuck versus the Podcast, the place for people who love Chuck and the people who work on Chuck. The only show that takes you behind the scenes with the stars. Yvonne Strahovski. Zachary Levi. Joshua Gomez. Ryan McPartland. Adam Balwa. Sarah Lancaster. Interactive interviews. Julia Wing. Phil Clemmer. All the cast. Dixon High. Tony Hale. Scott Krinsky. Mark Christopher Lawrence. Anita Federici. Fun hosts. This is Mel. This is Liz. Now you can see how wacko we are. The writers. Ali Adler. Scott Rosenbaum. Zev Barrow. The editors. Matt Barber. Jeff Granville. Kevin Mock. Contests. We are giving away a Chuck press kit. The directors. Jason Lindsay. Norman Buckley. The guest stars. Steve Austin. Kristen Griff. The music. This is Tim Jones. Guest hosts. I'm Kaylee from Toronto. Conventions. Lights come up and here comes Jester out on stage. Set visits. This is the guy right here. And much more. Are you ready? This is Gray. This is Mel. This is Liz. And we want to welcome you to Chuck vs. the Podcast, episode 66, for September 1st, 2010. We have a lot of exciting news about the season, but most of it's going to be in the spoilers section. Um, so stick around for that if you're into spoilers. But before we talk about the new season, though, we want to take a look back at season three. And we're going to do that with one of our favorite guests, Mo Ryan, who used to be from the Chicago Tribune and now is a television critic for AOL TV. But first, some non-spoiler news. We want to congratulate Yvonne Strahovski. Uh, voting in the annual Television Without Pity Tubi Awards has come to the end. The ballots have been tallied, and Yvonne has won in two categories. She won for Favorite Actor and the Best Badass. So these were uh, fan-voted categories, fan-voted awards at Television Without Pity, and she, I'm, I'm really impressed that she won Favorite Character. That was, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. So. Kudos to her for um, embodying an incredible character and to the fans who voted her into that top spot. Yep. Very cool. Zachary Levi and his best buddy, Joel David Moore, will MC at the Daylight's record release slash party slash charity bash at Club L in, in Los Angeles on September 14th. This is a free event for those age 21 and over. Sponsored by Lassa Beer and Pitbull Energy Drink in support of Red Eye, an, art, an artist-based charity with outreaches around the globe. In addition to Zach's presence, the bash will include a live performance by the Daylights. Trent Dean is on tap to DJ. They'll have a live tattoo station. Yow! I wish I could go. I need another tattoo. <laughs> photo booth and loads of signed CDs, art and photography by the band and their friends. So if you would like to attend, get on the VIP guest list by emailing your name to info at thedaylights.com. Mm-hmm. And as of the recording of this podcast, Osiello didn't reveal any uh, Chuck news in his spoiler column, but he did ask Josh Schwartz and Chris Fedak about the prospects for a back nine pickup, in other words, a longer season. Uh, basically, what we've been saying all along, too soon to tell. So the question was, what are the chances... Chuck will get a back nine order. I'm freaking out over here by Eric. And Osiello said, I assumed executive producers Chris Fedak and Josh Schwartz would be too, but they're not. As Schwartz points out, we never started a season in one, two, and three with more than 13 episodes. Like last year, we will hope for the best, 
plan for the worst, and be ready to have an incredible final episode 13, if need be, with a contingency plan to keep the, the season going. Ads feedback, episode 13, no matter what, will be epic. Um, I, I do think that the back nine would come earlier than last year. Uh, just a hunch. Calendar-wise, sure, because they'll see the early episodes earlier than they saw them for season three. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Last season, it was before the season premiere. Season two, it was before the season premiere. So I'm assuming we will be seeing uh, news on that shortly. Yeah. And and the network did see what happened with the uh, the back nine last year, how they had written so much that it was very hard for them to, to shoehorn it in. I mean, they pulled it off greatly, but uh, I, I think so. But no news yet. Uh, we're we're going to actually skip our listener emails today, unfortunately, um, because, uh, well, fortunately, we had a great interview with Mo Ryan, and, uh, and so time-wise, we just couldn't spare it. So we are going to move directly into that interview now. Hope you love our look back and look forward with Mo Ryan, critic for AOL TV. Well, we're very, very excited to have Mo Ryan with us, television critic for AOL. How are you doing, Mo? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. And, and of course, you were a fan favorite before. We had so much oh. uh, so much feedback from the last time you were with us. So uh, we're very, very grateful to have you. And, oh, and, that's so cool. I'm so glad. I'm and Mel and Liz are here, too. Yay. Hi. Yeah. So, uh, so I guess we're going to talk about first season three. Um, your impressions, Mo, on how... Uh, the whole season went, and and how it ended off. You know, it, it was a it was a difficult season. I mean, I don't. I'd be interested to get your your all your takes. I feel like for me, season one was Chuck kind of finding what it did really well, and this is a very familiar pattern to me with TV shows. Season two is often the time when they really hit their stride, and season two of Chuck, I feel like for me, it, you know, not that every episode was perfect, but it had kind of the most consistent. Um, tone or enjoyment for me as a fan. Mm -hmm. um, season three, I, you know, we, <laughs> I don't know if we want to go into the time of unpleasantness again, uh, but there was some some tough stuff, and I was thinking about it before we began this podcast. That I mean, I think the basic problem was: were they going to go to that well of you know another possible romantic object for Chuck or Sarah? If they went to that well, they had to execute it perfectly. And I, I'm certainly in the camp of I don't think they executed it perfectly because I feel like I, I don't know if you guys agree or disagree, but for me, the fandom or just people who enjoy the show weren't necessarily enormously averse to that. But there was a sense in, for me anyway, that if you were going to do that again, you know, it had to be worth it. It had to be fun because we had kind of gone to that well so many times mm -hmm. and it, the, the palpable chemistry of the leads was such that you had <laughs> to combat that you really had to kind of have something pretty special or pretty interesting. It, it didn't work for me. You know, I already beat up Chris Fedak, you know, to the point that he now cringes when I approach him at parties. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but they were actually, you know, I, I, I did talk to Chris a little bit at Comic-Con and they, you know, he was very nice to me. I think we still agree to disagree about that arc and how it worked. Um, but to me, it felt really reassuring to hear them say at Comic-Con that they felt like, 
they had learned the lesson of they just don't necessarily want to go into that area again. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited for a season of Chuck that will capitalize on the things I hope that, that I like, including the Chuck Sarah relationship, bring in some fun guest stars and just open up this new world with Orion and the mom and all that stuff. Like I'll, I'm, I'm excited about a lot of elements and I'm also excited that some elements I think are just going to be left way back in the dust of season three. I mean, how, how are you guys feeling? Yeah, I, I, I agree that I'm looking forward to a season where our main, our leads relationship is for the most part, it's established and it's done. And we don't really, I mean, there may be, some people that try to come break them up or try to catch one or the other's attention. But I'm really looking forward to a season where they're committed to each other. And those kind of things can get, be, you know, played for comedy or drama or whatever, but they're mm-hmm. never a, a real threat. Right. And I think, yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, the thing that I think it's very hard on the internet to express a complex idea. I've found many times that people want to boil it down to a soundbite. And I don't think for me, the soundbite was ever, they should never have any outside, you know, anything affecting their relationship and Chuck Sarah all the way. It was more just that, okay, this can be done well with them together. I don't see why, you know, that many people were like, well, it's not just about Chuck and Sarah for me. It was never just about Chuck and Sarah for me. But I feel like the show foregrounded that to the point where I just felt like, okay, you have to wrap this up or give me a resolution because I don't. <laughs> The show made it the issue in a way. So yeah. I totally agree that I think sometimes that overshadowed other aspects of Chuck that I think, you know, are really worthy and really fun. And it just got in the way, you know. Before we lay that arc issue to rest, my thinking is that it probably worked really well on the board. It probably worked really well as they planned it out. And I think that there were, were uh, there was a a sequence of factors that contributed together um, that were just unfortunate. How would you describe those factors? In, in the sense that, um, for for instance, my personal opinion is I think that Brandon Routh was miscast. Um, totally. And, and to be fair, I think if he had been in for one, two, three episodes, it's not mm-hmm. that, that he couldn't have done a great job. If for, for instance, the, when he was first on the scene, there was some really interesting stuff happening there when he was talking about his wife and the ring and, and that kind of thing. I agree. And I also thought it was a really great idea to have someone come in and be like, oh, I'm not going to let you slide like these other people have been doing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? I love that aspect of him coming in and kind of being some tough love on Chuck's behalf and yeah. being the same way with Casey and Sarah saying, you guys have been holding him back. Mm-hmm. Let yeah. him go. Let him be a spy. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that aspect of the character, you know, the character to me worked best when he was an antagonist, frankly, but almost, as you say, a friendly antagonist of I'm going to see if you can, you know, raise your game and really be at the level that you need to be at. And if you can't, then it's going to be a problem. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a great, you know, they had so many adversaries over the years, the ring, this and that. This is one kind of in-house and very effective as such. But then they had to bring in these other aspects of it, which I felt like did not work at all. Well, and, and I think one of those factors that didn't work was, I think that they, um, and, and fairly so, uh, I don't think anybody expected the, the energy that would happen when Chuck and Sarah were getting close to being together. Um, like they, they have an, a, a chemistry that's explosive. But don't you feel like, I, just if I may, if I may play devil's advocate, I felt like that chemistry was 
you know, very apparent to me from season one. Mm -hmm. How did that, you know, I mean, I just felt like they obviously saw it too. I think they just thought they could maybe play out that string even longer of not getting them together. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it was, and 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 again, the unfortunate factors. I think that they could have sold Brandon Routh as it, but there needed to be a lot more work to do so. Absolutely. And I think that it happened so quickly that it just wasn't sold. And then and then what had happened is there was a much bigger arc that followed that where when people weren't buying into it, they weren't buying into the rest of it either. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's exactly it, Gray. Is that they had this whole elaborate thing planned. And I think that I know there are some things that I had heard about before they started filming the episodes that didn't actually happen that I think would have made it a lot more interesting. Um, for example, originally he was going to have been a villain from the beginning. He was going to have been a double agent for the ring from the start, not have been turned later towards the end of his arc. Mm-hmm. So that he would have been playing them the whole time, mm-hmm. which would have shed a completely different light on him romancing Sarah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One that I think in hindsight, well, even then I was like, oh my gosh, that, that's such an awesome idea. That yeah. is so very, very interesting and cool for this, for the show and a, a way to explore Sarah a little bit more. And it feels like they just kind of backed off. They got maybe a little worried about how the fans would react to Sarah being <laughs> played, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and so they went the wrong direction. They yeah. they should have stuck with that. I don't know. But um yeah, I think that they had so much that they were trying to do and I think they kind of shied away from a direction that maybe they should have taken in the in the end. Yeah, and also I mean, you know, it just it was a very strange turn into that whole like, hey, let me give you a massage, you know, like that oh, that's so there's just so cute. much weirdness with that and I just I felt like it, it just felt like one of those, like there was something unfinished about some episodes right in there that just felt not quite done or not quite thought out, or maybe as you say, radically changed from what they had been. Like there was, they should have done one or two more drafts. <laughs> right. But, you know, having said that, you know, I think, um, to me, I just feel like there was a, a missed opportunity with Sarah that season of seeing Chuck become a spy, become more hardcore really um, decide that that was the life for him. And I think Yvonne Strahovski played it really well when she got the chance to, but she was also being asked to do all this other romance stuff with Brandon Rouse's character. And it just felt like she was kind of all over the map for the season. Whereas I feel like my, one of my hopes for season four, there's a more believable and compelling through line for her mm-hmm. because she's such a great actress that I felt like she was, asked to do a lot to sell to sell a lot of stuff to especially the fans that i don't think some of us were buying uh-huh. and the fact that i ended up the season still really caring about the character and thinking the actress is doing a great job is i think a testament to her skills but i feel like that i don't know if i'm wrong am i wrong in feeling like the sarah story just felt like a missed opportunity in some ways yeah we, we've received a lot of comments about that uh, that's one of the biggest things that people talk about is is that like if you were trying to to draw her arc through season three, that I th- I think that's probably one of the weakest links. Mm-hmm. And I felt like there was indications that that would be a more interesting arc, and then they kind of didn't do that, or you know. And just to be honest, um, I feel like I'm being you know Captain Negative here, but I, and there was there were episodes of Chuck I really really loved in season three, mm-hmm. um, especially you know. Uh, versus the beard, you know, some of these, some, there are some really, some, some classics for me, but 
there was just some some very week to week kind of schizophrenia about what the show was. Did you guys sense that in terms of there just being a real? Uh, I felt like you know the show, show was trying to get from point A to point B in that season in terms of the emotions of the characters and where they were psychologically and professionally. And the execution of that was just stop-start at times. I do think that that was, I mean, is that just the nature of episodic television? Or did you guys feel like there was a little bit of, you know, all over the map quality to it as well? A little bit. I mean, I know that definitely one of the pillars of the season was this this thing that people had to buy into. And and when yeah. that was not working, I think there was a lot of... of um, repair work that had to be done that, that <laughs> right. probably felt a little patchwork and, and especially you know the nature of television is that you're you're yeah. f five or six episodes ahead of where everybody's watching right and in this case they were 11 yeah 11 and the issue of the 13 episodes versus 19 uh, how they got the extra order yeah and i think that's something that yeah that there, that was a, a very unfortunate i mean i was glad to get the other episodes because some of those last six were really great and i really feel like they did kind of execute a save in some ways but at the same time um it did give the, two things gave the quality that the season a sort of a, a, a really herky-jerky quality in that you know you had that gap but there was you know that the, the episode they left off with um was that the one that everyone was uh in an uproar about god no i'm spacing out um mask yeah, mask. Okay. Number seven, yeah. Number seven. So that they, they left off, they had a gap of a almost a month, and then they had, you know, the, the 13 episodes, they had to tack on another six. So, I mean, some of those things are just unfortunate, and they just happened. And as, you know, we were talking a little bit before the podcast began, that when you have fans that feel really empowered, especially to the point where they, you know, help save the show and help rally people around the show... And then they're unhappy. <laughs> I mean, mm. you know, I guess maybe it stokes the intensity of the response. And I, I would put myself in that category. You know, I'm not, I, I tend to get passionately interested in shows and then I feel passionately not so happy when <laughs> 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 they go, go awry. But, um, you know, I do think that they set up a lot of interesting stuff for season four. I really enjoyed, for the most part, the the last arc of the season. There were some fun episodes. I think they kind of got back to the the fun of the show. And I mean, for me, you know, everyone talks about Mask, you know, and it was just like a just some 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 weirdness there, and some just a weirdly odd way to leave before that gap in the season. But for me, the episode in which Hannah breaks up with Chuck. Mm -hmm. I actually felt like for me as a fan that represented like the low point of the show for me psychologically. Really? Be well, just because I had a, such a struggle with that because I don't, here I am as a fan of like The Wire and The Shield and like mm -hmm. all these gritty shows, right? But like, I'm not against the dark side of human nature, but it just felt like I don't want to watch Chuck to get depressed about Chuck being a douche. Yeah. You know, I just felt like that just seemed like, and I understand it's a fine line to walk. And I, I appreciate the fact that they're trying to walk it as opposed to just having it be lighthearted all the time. Mm -hmm. And I want to make that totally clear that I love the fact that so much of the show and so much of what carries me through as a fan is that it's emotionally grounded in relationships and, you know, the love that people have for each other. So I appreciate that, but at the same time, you know, it's hard to walk that line. I still want to like Chuck at the end of the day. Do you guys agree with that, or does that not? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that bothered me too. Um, I and I, I thought it was just me because I didn't want to see, you know, heavy drama in Chuck. Just Chuck, though. You know, yeah. it, it kind of 
I was depressed after that episode. And I don't like that. Not after watching Chuck. I know. That's exactly. I ended that episode and I was like, wow, I feel really down right now. Why? (laughs) Why would why would that happen? You know, why is that? That's not what I looked to the show for. And again, I do want the emotional bonds. And I love the fact that, I mean, Chuck's whole motivation now is his father and the sacrifices his father made. And, you know, that's an incredibly great foundation for a series. And I guess I love serious moments when they're earned. I don't love sort of hopeless, depressing moments that make me kind of look at the characters as as maybe not such nice people. You know what I mean? Like that's, I, just, I don't want the wire. I think it was such a deviation from the character, and that's what bothered me. It's it's as yeah. much a deviation as seeing Chuck shoot and kill someone. It right. would just be out of character for him. So for him to to do something like that, you know, that low, it was so out of character. It, it seemed right. detached. Yeah, it felt and detached. And I didn't want to detach from Chuck. Exactly. Yeah. And again, I feel like. I want him to be a complex adult. And I think as he gets into further into the spy world, um, that's going to come into play, these moral situations and dilemmas. And, um, and I'm glad for that. But I don't want it to be, boy, Chuck's a jerk. I don't ever want to feel that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and especially because from the very beginning, they set him up as as the guy. Um, it's, it's sort of like if anybody watches Eureka, the sheriff character. Um, yes. They he's got this way of looking at life that nobody else has and that's what saves the day and yeah and if if sheriff carter were to all of a sudden um come up with a scientific solution to something <laughs> that that wouldn't make wouldn't make sense with yeah. chuck they've set him up since the very beginning as the guy with the good heart right the guy who makes mistakes but isn't necessarily callous or um unfeeling and i think you're right yeah that's exactly how i see it but don't you think when you're looking at the arc of the character, especially in season three, he kind of needed to hit that rock bottom in order to come back? Right. It's funny you should say that, but I, I've had communications with people involved in the show off the record, so to speak, so I don't want to say who, but that was, that was the thought process that they had, you know, that this was an area they needed to go to. And maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe that set up a future development, but you know, I think that's going to be a tricky area for the new season. And I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts about this, that to be functioning in the spy world as he will need to be, does Chuck have to be more callous? And in some ways, does he have to be more emotionally detached from jobs and from, you know, from, from targets? And, you know, that's, I think, I'm interested to see how they'll execute that. I mean, I think mm-hmm. the season three was a tricky area for them to be in. Sometimes they executed it, sometimes they didn't. Season four, I think, potentially could be more tricky in that I want to still like Chuck. I want to still think of him as the guy who sometimes is bumbling, sometimes makes mistakes, but as Grace said, has a good heart. So do you feel like this could be potentially even more tricky, but even better if, you know, pulled off correctly? What, what I was looking at with that episode is that this was, that was when Chuck realized that what he thought a spy was, what he thought he had to be in order to be a spy was wrong. Hmm. What he was, the, the actions he'd been taking, he thought were what he needed to do in order to be the kind of spy that mm-hmm. he, you know, he had some archetype built up in his head. And then he realized from the fallout of that episode in particular, he realized that no, that's not, that's not how he's going to be a spy. And so 
in the same way that he kind of reinvented being an asset, mm-hmm. he can now reinvent being a spy. Oh, that's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, and I think, I hope that that's the case, very much so, that um, that he'll still be our Chuck, recognizably so. Because, yeah, I, but, you know, I think one thing that they're doing, it appears to be, I like that they're making Morgan kind of like the new Chuck, and I think there's so much potential comedy there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I love, I love the mix that they're able to pull off sometimes of the serious, you know, emotional bonds and yet the lightheartedness of it. So I just don't hope, I hope that they never really lose the sweetness and the silliness of Chuck himself. And, you know, there's yeah. just going to be an interesting evolution this season, I feel like. And I just am interested to, I, I just, I'm curious to see how they're going to pull that off. And, and how, also, how you, you know, I, how do you evolve the character without losing the character? Exactly. And also, you know, as, uh, as I saw on your site, you know, they've got a whole new writing staff pretty much. Is that, am I, am I wrong about that? The like six of the eight writers now, except for, um, Ray from Lauren. And Josh Schwartz. Oh, Ray from Lauren are still there. Yeah. But the rest of the writers are a new, a new bunch. And I, I want to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but the writers who left some of them to run other shows had been there for quite a long time or from the beginning. Yeah. From the beginning. Season. Yeah, so it just seems like uh, I'm a little nervous. I mean, I'm hoping I, I I make no claim to have a crystal ball, and this might be the best season of Chuck ever. But I just think, yeah, it is tricky terrain for the character in, in retaining him in his qualities, yet evolving him. And um, they're gonna have to really walk a fine line, you know, especially given that the writing staff is is not has had a large turnover. Mm-hmm. Well, and to be fair, Rafe and Lauren have been big fans of the show even from the beginning. And um and I think their episodes were of the strongest of season three. Um, really, I mean, well, Chuck versus the Honeymooners was yeah. probably a personal favorite of mine um, for the whole series. Yeah, that was a really fun one. Yeah, Tic Tac was good. Yeah, yeah, I love that. They've got a good bunch of writers. Yeah, the the new ones. No, I think it's it's really you know I, I'm interested. I feel like you know every and again I'm not that worried to be honest. As much as I've been like, oh well, what will happen now with everything I've discussed? But um, I feel like this is a very natural evolution. You know, mm-hmm. a, a show that's very radically different. Battlestar Galactica had a similar phenomenon in its third season. Some of the best episodes ever, and best sequences, they're the best sets of episodes ever, and some of the worst. So you know, I think it's a natural thing. It's growing pains, and I'm hoping that, you know, season four, they'll really... The one thing is, and it's interesting, um, I think Liz was saying something about looks great on the board, or I'm not sure who said that, but I think they really plan this stuff. I don't discount that they do, and I think that's really a credit to them that they really think this stuff through, um, and I'm thinking, I'm interested to see what the plan will be for season four. Do you think? Do you guys think it will be largely, you know, mom, finding mom, and that just it's kind of where where it'll start off or in will go somewhere else or what you guys probably have way better information than anyone else <laughs> on this stuff aside from the right staff. So, I mean, lar- largely, largely, uh, but maybe <laughs> before we move on to season four, um, oh, yeah. maybe, maybe we should talk a little bit more about what did work in season three. Oh yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, th- I thought some, like you said, in Battlestar Galactica, there were some of the best and some of the worst. We've talked about a few of the challenges, but I think, I mean, Chuck versus the beard, Chuck versus the honeymooners, <laughs> Um mm-hmm. and uh, a Tic Tac. I mean, some great, great stuff. And or first class I, uh, I- introducing. I was gonna say yeah. not a lot of people don't count first class as their favorite because it Shaw was there. But I thought <laughs> that was a it was 
a different, um, they, they were outside of their formula, you know, mm-hmm. they had Absolutely. Chuck on his own in one spot having to deal with this. And then, you know, Casey and Sarah back in the castle trying to control their emotions and, you know, help him how they could. I just, I thought that was a really creative episode for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. And I actually, that was part of what drove my being sad about that, the, the episode where he broke up with him. I thought, I, I thought Zachary Levi had terrific chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, now the actress's name is eluding me. I'm so Christian sorry. Kirk. I'm just, Christian Kirk. Yeah, Christian Kirk. She was great. They just seemed to really have a great vibe. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like, oh my gosh, they're, you know, the new Chuck and Sarah, but it was just, I really, I really liked the difference. Like, as you said, it wasn't their usual format. It was a fun exploration for them. And it was just like a fun contained space to be in. And it just, it just executed on all the things I think that, um, Chuck did well. Mm-hmm. And, um, I definitely agree that, um, Tic Tac was great. You know, I always want more Casey. Yeah. Always. That's the, my, the, basically the condition of my life, pretty much. <laughs> um, you know, I think he's, you know, the more that we can see of the supporting cast, the better. And I think, um, you know, maybe that was one of the things that we all, I think, complained about in season three was that it was off and on in terms of, you know, having the supporting cast there or not there. And I totally get that it was a budgetary thing. And I'm not like, you know, harshing on the show because I think it was largely not in their control. But Beard, I can't, I mean, that's really got to be in my like top three or two or three of all yeah. time. I loved I could watch that episode all day long. It's yeah. just absolutely what I loved about that in particular was, um, it was a very strong mythology story and a very strong Biomore story. And they were woven together in a very believable way. Mm-hmm. You had Morgan finding out the truth. You had a lot of really good, just fun sequences. You know, anytime Jester pops in, it's always really fun. <laughs> um, so just for me, it was, it hit on all the cylinders of things I really love. Um, and I just, it, it just was a lot of fun for me without ignoring, like, there was real stakes in the storyline. You know, when the, sh- when the show has real, you know, stakes in the stories, real humor, real connections with the characters and everyone, everything seems to be woven in, in a very organic way. That's, that's what I absolutely adore. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, the train episode, you know, they're just sort of doing their, their thing there. I mean, that, what I love is when the show really, obviously it trades out and riffs on a lot of pop culture things, but when it really has fun with a certain genre of movie or action sequence, um, like, you know, the, 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 the crazy fighting that Chuck and Sarah do together, yeah, you know, that's just so fun. Like when they do their own riff on it, it feels original, but it also feels familiar. I think that's just uh, a whole lot of fun. Yeah. So I, you know, there were some, some great episodes this season and, you know, again, you know, I loved everything with dad. I didn't, you know, sorry to go back to the area of negativity. I just want to say for the record, I love Sarah Lancaster as an actress. I think she's been great in other shows. I just don't feel like the Ellie stuff, especially toward the end, served a character that I already think isn't necessarily that well served. So, but I'll just put that aside for one side, for one second and just say that I hope that, um, there's more, uh, I love awesome, obviously. Mm. And I'm just, kind of, I'm kind of wondering how all that, all the parts are going to fit together, but I'm just, I'm just rambling on about season three and the parts <laughs> Feel yeah. free to talk other people who are not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and specifically about awesome and Ellie, maybe we could talk about them a little bit. Um, I, I felt like, um, awesome being involved in the spy world was, was funny and charming in the beginning and it, it kind of died. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and particularly, I, I don't know if it was just that they, they didn't have anywhere to go with it, but I'm glad that they took him out because to mm-hmm. me that part wasn't working. Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting that here was a character who was so good at so many things, just assumed he'd be good at being a spy. And then when it came right down to it, he said, you know what, guys, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and here's, you know, Chuck's been aspiring to be a spy for at that point, what, two and a half years. And, um, you know, Morgan finds out later and he's all excited. And, you know, the people that Chuck has come into contact with have been pro spy. You know, <laughs> this is a great choice. Let's do this. Uh, that's so cool. You know, and now here's someone who life is awesome. And he's looking at the spy stuff saying, no, not Yeah, us. this is crazy. <laughs> I don't want to be any I, part of this. Yeah, I can't. This is this is not for me. I thought that was a really interesting take on it. I wish they'd spent a little more time on that and it, it, exploring. I mean, I know he's not a main character, but exploring that perspective a little bit more rather than having it be just him saying no and leaving Chuck out to dry. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of came across as him being quite callous toward his his brother-in-law when he knows yeah. the stakes are so high. And he's just like, no, I'm going on vacation. Bye. <laughs> and, you know, that's that's not really the Devin we've come to know and love. He's always there. And so I wish that we had a little more um, exploration of his feelings on the subject. But I did appreciate that it was an original feel, you know, an original take on it. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I just think what has grown so hard for me over the last few years is just Ellie being the continual, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you doing more with your life? And then, you know, you shouldn't be a spy. I mean, Ellie is the character of no. And I just, I don't, I just want her to be not the character of no this season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think what would be cool for me and talk about taking something in the original, original direction, you know, she grew up as, Bartowski too. She's sort of like, to me, the heir to that history. And, you know, I mean, they've got Linda Hamilton as the mom. Um, they, you know, it's just, I, I want Ellie to kind of assume a more proactive role than reactive. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just, I, I would love it if she actually kind of embraced the family business, as they say. Um, but I don't know. I don't see that happening. <laughs> Especially given that Devin was like, no way. Well, especially if she's—I mean, two two counts against is—is is she's pregnant and dealing with pregnancy and having a baby, um, yeah. And now, oh, is that spoiler ter- territory? Not at this point, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, it's been announced everywhere, Comic Con, etc. Um, and and also the fact that they set her up in the end. Now, I thought the end where we actually got some of that real backstory for her, I did mm-hmm. finally kind of buy into a little more of that. That at least she has a reason for for why she is the way she is, but they did set up. It seemed at the end where she gives them the ultimatum to to get out of the spy game, and you know he's going to get back in. So it's mm-hmm. it kind of sets up that he'll be going back in, and she'll be kind of watching over his sh- shoulder. And are you really doing that? And that kind of thing. Yeah, I would be happy if that were her role. If she were somewhat of a, uh, a min- I don't know, mentor is not the right word since she's not in in the spy business but i don't want her to be out in the dark on this mm-hmm. I don't absolutely want yeah she finds out you know the last two episodes of the season she finds out her brother's a spy and everybody around her is known and is involved in some capacity and then now we start with season four and she is in the dark again i really don't want that because 
I love the Chuck and Ellie relationship mm-hmm. when they're being honest with each other. Yeah. And I we didn't get that very much in season three. Well, I like that she's kind of the voice of morality. And I loved the time. I mean, probably one of my favorite scenes with her is, you know, we're about Bartowski's, you know, we, this, and I feel like yeah. that's what, that's the Ellie I want her to be. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't want her to be the constant scold of like, oh, don't, you know, why didn't you tell me? And what's happening now? And where are you going? Are you a spy? And I just, you know, there's so much more potential to me. And it's, I totally agree that I think her being kind of an advisor or, um, yeah. A, co- a confidant, mm-hmm. um, you know, playing up her intelligence in her moral compass, if you will, rather than her being protectiveness sort of and protective. Fear. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. had, she exactly. has a lot of fear about what Chuck's doing. And I think yeah. a lot of what, you know, what she says comes out of love, but I think it also comes out of fear for him. Yeah. I'm ready for her to kind of let go of that or at least channel it into a more, like you said, more proactive. Well, and and she's and I, Ellie's older, so she would know mom better and maybe have better clues if they're if they're looking for mom. Don't you think? Yeah, I would think so. I agree, and I think to me the problem with that character from the beginning has been that she's just there's been a narrow range that she exists in in the protective or the fearful or the nagging or the you know there's just this narrow kind of um, caretaker role that she's been written into, but I think. The times that we've explored the family history and we understand why she's like that, why she's careful, why she's very family oriented in the first place and, and, and making her into someone who's interested in her family legacy and heritage and um, the fight in Bartowski <laughs> <laughs> legacy. That's, that's interesting to me. And I feel like the main thing I want is just for her to have a range of things to be interested in or to be talking about. And I realize the show with a large cast and you can't always get that, but um, I agree. I think when they're being honest with each other about fears and hopes and aspirations and the morality or the, you know, the, the proper way to go forward in terms of treating other people, that's interesting to me. I, you know, if it's just, you know, why are you doing this without telling me that sort of thing? I feel like has been played enough that I don't need to see that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's tell her and let her be involved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I totally yeah. agree. I like the idea, Mo, what you said about her being more a confidant than um, a caretaker. Um, yes. I'd like to see her move out of that completely and totally and just be, even if she's not involved in the spy world at all, you know, at least have something, somebody that Chuck can go to, you know, and say, you know, a sounding board. Would or, be yeah. And even more than that, I, I think uh, you're right, Mo, that um, when she says, be a Bartowski, or when she said, find dad like yeah pull out all the stops this is most important go do it like when she gets involved she it doesn't even have to be a long scene it's just a few words and you see her take charge of something yes and that's where all of a sudden her character comes to life and she's a for chuck she's she's a way to she can really focus on this is what you need to do do it Mm -hmm. and he trusts her and he goes and does it I agree. And I think that makes her more admirable as a character. I mean, you have to be invested in Ellie's worries and fears and hopes and dreams for for that character to work for you. And for her to be sometimes positive and, you know, kicking Chuck up the backside to get him to do something. That's kind of, I like that aspect of her character. Mm. And so let's talk about um, the finale a little bit. I loved the whole concept of the reboot. 
that was so cool when he when he's down and and yeah. all it took was just he had to reboot the computer in his head and now he's back um and maybe we can talk a little bit more about the other things and in that that happened in the finale and where we're set up now for season four um i don't know i just think it's a whole new realm that you know they can explore and i think it's really smart to to change up to change the game you know to just not i mean are they still going to have castle you guys know this stuff better yeah, than they, you know? they do they do so. oh that's right actually they said this at comic Hunter. i i I'm, it's all running together in my head now that the the Bihor will be an own and operated subsidiary of the CIA, mm. and the, which I like think is brilliant. Yeah, I agree. I I think it's agreed that they really had to come up with. I mean, I didn't know. I, to be honest, the season two finale was such a great game changer mm-hmm. that that was the one to beat. And I don't know that they beat it, but they certainly have me as excited for the new season as I was at the start of season three. How about you guys? Uh, yeah, all, all they had to do was just put the word put the letters m o m at the end of the show and yeah. everybody's interested. Yeah. Well, I think the end of season 2 gave Chuck additional skills, which had everybody excited and wondering, "Oh, what are these skills and what all can he do? What are, you know, what kind of superpowers does he have?" And now I feel like we have a crystal clear focus on what he was going to use all of those skills and the knowledge he's picked up in his training to do. And then it's something mm-hmm. not this kind of nebulous thing that the ring was, but an actual something that we who care about Chuck then care about because it's his mother. Yeah, absolutely. And throw in Linda Hamilton. Yes. <laughs> I cannot wait. Are you guys completely as oh, psyched stoked. as me? I, I think yeah. it's, it's going to be so cool. And I think great casting, amazing that they were able to keep a lid on it, at least for dummies like me. I, I mean, yeah. I was, I heard the name in the mix. But uh, yeah, that was so cool that they got to make that announcement at Comic-Con. And I, I'm really excited because I think they do guest casting, generally speaking, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the biggest, you know, get of the season. And they absolutely nailed it. And I'm just, for me, it'll be a case of when are they going to have some really meaty stuff for her to do when it's Chuck in the meter. I mean, I really kind of can't wait for that story to kick in. But maybe I'm like a kid who wants to. You know, eat ice cream for breakfast. You know, yeah. I, I know they set it all up, but you know, yeah. I want it to happen now. I mean, I feel like you know, it's crazy. I feel like a, a Casey, um, you know, an Adam Baldwin, Linda Hamilton scene is just going to completely destroy my mind. Oh yeah. Those, I mean, probably you know, Mama Bartowski is his dream woman. Don't you think? <laughs> oh my gosh! Like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. He will probably be a helpless little puppy in her, you know, in, in her realm. You know, that's so funny. And Timothy Dalton. Right. Especially since he's not going to come between them. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I love it. I love yeah. that idea. That's um, That was phenomenal casting. Yeah. And it was ironic because we had just been having a discussion in the checktv.net forums where people saying, with all this great casting that came out, and even just that morning we'd had a couple of other casting announcements, and people were like, you know what would be awesome is if they've got a former Bond on the show. <laughs> and literally, you know, within like five hours, here comes the Timothy Dalton casting, and they're, you know, and now they're all going, oh, pat yourself on the back, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just, you know, they do a really good job of casting within the Chuck universe. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. You know, actors that make sense within that universe, and and I really think that's cool. I'm also really, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I'm also really um, liking the idea of and very curious about Greta. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's built-in publicity, 
for every week they've got this new this new person. But you know how they're going to interact. Well, and it's a reason to go to the buy more. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm willing to give it a shot. It seems like a cool idea, and I think um, you know, I was just thinking back to season three. Like even guest stars, I didn't necessarily know all that well. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin, I thought was great mm -hmm. versus First Class. You know, I mean, sometimes they're they're able to bring people on that just sound like stunt casting who actually really um, get the show and get what it's about, you know, and really kind of fit in seamlessly. So um, I, I have total faith in that, in that working, but I just certainly don't want it to be a case where I don't necessarily see um, um, Jeff and Lester, or I don't see Big Mike, or I don't see enough Morgan. Cause I feel like Morgan and Casey, that pairing has so much potential. Um, and I, believe general beckman um is a season series regular this season is mm -hmm. that right mm -hmm. so there's a lot of characters to service and i just what i don't like is when a guest actor comes in and they kind of give this person a huge amount of real estate and i'd really rather just you know have big mike like yelling at people or something <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you know if they're not really clicking you're like oh i guess the script is written they can't really take this person out of the next five scenes but oh well yeah I mean, obviously, Christian Crook was a was a big storyline, but like Stone Cold was was not actually in a lot of scenes in that episode. They they were able to service a lot of the other characters in the first. Yeah, place. Mm -hmm. yeah, I agree. And I think you know one thing I certainly love about the show is that there isn't just the bond between Sarah and Chuck. There's you know Chuck and Morgan. There's Chuck and Casey. There's even weirdly you know Casey and Morgan. Mm -hmm. Or Sarah um, and Ellie. And it, Sarah and I mean the more that they can make that those um relationships really sing the better the show is I think and I think the best episodes for me um rely on us being invested in those relationships and really get at the sentimental part of that without being overly mawkish mm -hmm. um but also just have a lot of fun with the world that they've created so as long as the guest stars don't become really distracting and to me it sounds like they've cast so well generally speaking for the new season that i'm not worried about that you know i'm actually very excited about where it's going to go yeah and it'll be i mean fun to have the old spice guy um, right <laughs> I, <see Mustafa. laughs> I mean <laughs> I, I just can't yeah. can't wait to see the comic opportunities with these with these guys yeah i think it's a really good you know this it's one way for the show to draw attention to itself and so far they seem to you know not be doing it so far afield you know it's not like they're so many shows there for a while had the dreaded, you know, Paris Hilton cameo or, you know, just mm. some person like from a reality show that you're just like, why is this happening? What's, what's <laughs> going on? What network executive made you do this and how are you going to hurt them later? <laughs> but yeah, they all seem to fit in the Chuck universe. So I'm very, you know, I think I'm not, I'm not at all worried, but maybe I should be. I don't know. Mm. Three more weeks. We'll find out. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, I'm very, um, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, I guess, about the new season. That's kind of how I would view it. That um, Chuck himself and the show had to go through some growing pains. But as you said, um, there's a focus for the new season. I, you know, I hope there's some fun stories of the week. But I think the larger mythology of the mother and the family issues and Orion that has a ton of great potential. Mm. So I'm just interested to see how they execute that. And Casey's daughter. Right. Casey's daughter. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, I hope that becomes something we re revisit a fair amount. I mean, not every week, obviously, but you know, I think, you know, I'm such a giant 
crazy Adam Baldwin fan. Yeah. I think he can do no wrong. And I think, again, just what I was just speaking about, those emotional bonds and emotional ties. I mean, Casey's such a reticent character that you just, you know, sometimes wonder if he has emotions. <laughs> I mean, obviously he does, though. He's so good at playing the stoic individual. Yeah. Um, but I think to see him have those moments of tenderness and worry, the you know, the worry of a father, that's a great way to give Adam Baldwin some variety to play. Mm -hmm. And it increases the stakes too. You know, the more it's about family, the more the show kind of works. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. And it looks like that is the theme for the season that we've got, of course, the, the quest for mom and then Casey and his daughter and Ellie being pregnant. And yeah, it looks like they're really going for the family thing. Mm hmm. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed for an announcement that Gary Cole's coming back as Sarah's dad. So we can yeah, get a little that, info about that. That would be great. I think he was really good. And I think mm -hmm. one of the downfalls of a world that I, you really believe in is that you always want to see more mm -hmm. of different avenues that for whatever reasons they have to kind of cut short. I was just thinking about this, um, the new season of Sons of Anarchy. You know, they introduced a couple of side characters in the new season of that show and um, one of them was played by Francis Fisher, and I was like, "Oh, I could see, I could have watched Francis Fisher for like four more episodes." I'm mm. totally <laughs> cool yeah. revisiting that person, you know, or that world. So, mm -hmm. you know, and even the Awesomes, yeah. I would love to see yeah. that again. Yeah, I, I, I think again, like when a show like this is really good at creating subsidiary character, which gen generally the show has been really strong mm -hmm. in that realm. Um, you know, I. It, it almost becomes a case of, oh, but I want this now. And now how about that? And I, I almost want to create my own custom Chuck season, but I don't think that's really an option on the NBC site right now. Yeah. No, not yet. You <laughs> not yet. Mash up. Yeah. You know, you're going <laughs> to yeah. see the awesomes when the baby comes. I hope. Well, I can't. It'll be an awesome baby, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Cool. So um, just wondering if there's anything else to talk about. Oh, I don't know. It feels like we've kind of put season three to rest. Yeah. Yes. And I think everybody's kind of ready to, I hope, let some of that go mm -hmm. and go oh, yeah. season four excited and optimistic, even if it's cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Well, you know, I wonder if a certain amount of what, what drove the reaction last season. I mean, I think I don't discount or take back anything I just said, but wasn't there a lot of pent up demand for Chuck? And then we yeah. all got so excited you know, the show got renewed for a third season. We're all like really oh, like spazzing out and really happy. And then it didn't come back mm -hmm. for like seven months. Or, yeah, you know, nine. Months. And it was just yeah. so, it took, oh, that's right, nine months. Yeah. So I think, I think you know, when, when time goes by like that, you get, you build something up in your mind, or at least I do. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, you know, they finished in May. They're coming back in September. It, it, it seems like a normal season. And we've all been through the ups and downs. And now it's like, okay, I'm totally cool with the reset of the mission and what Chuck will be doing. And I'm really, I'm very, I'm very much in a positive state of mind. You know, I, I'm hoping that lessons were learned and, you know, if they weren't, then we'll be on the podcast talking about that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, if I get invited back. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, should we wrap it up? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me, you guys. This is yeah. so fun. Yeah, we always, always love having you, and we'll have you anytime. Well, please, you know where I am. I suspect you'll be pretty busy with this new AOL job. 
I hope so. I certainly hope to be very busy with AOL. And uh, but writing about Chuck, I, I think they have someone else on the site recapping Chuck. So don't beat me up too badly if I'm not the one writing about it. But I will certainly um, put my hat in the ring and review it when it comes back and, and write about it. You know, from time to time because it's it's one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. And but, can people find you in the same places? You've still got the same Twitter handle. I still have the same Twitter handle. You know, Twitter.com/slash Mo Ryan and. Um, my stuff will live. Uh, it'll be kind of a subset sub within tvsquad.com. So, um, or just you can go as of Wednesday, go to AOL, television.aol.com, and you'll see my byline on some of those items. So, uh, hopefully, I'll have a more, uh, hopefully, I'll have a column name. Uh, and if anyone out there has <laughs> a good <laughs> idea, well, I guess this, this podcast might will go up tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay. Well, hopefully. By the time you're listening to this podcast, I'll have an awesome name for my column. And if Gray and Liz and Mel want to email me their ideas tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess your deadlines tomorrow. Oh, pretty much. And we've been through <laughs> the last two weeks about a hundred different options. And some of them for legal reasons we can't use. Some of them um, just don't love. So uh, maybe it's just Mo versus Chuck. I don't know. Maybe they'll make me confident. <laughs> I'm sure you've had Mo TV yeah. and Mo Better TV. Yeah, yes. I was thinking Mo Better TV. I, you know, that might end up being it for all I know. Yeah. So <laughs> let's see. We'll see. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for being with us. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So bye bye, Mo. Bye, bye Mo. Bye. And we're back. So, Mel, why don't you talk about our sponsors? You bet. We are sponsored by ielabs.com. They're the makers of award-winning ActionBlue AVCHD conversion software, which authors full HD videos on regular DVD discs. It even works with HD clips from the newest iPhone 4. You can get your free trials at ielabs.com. And uh, we encourage you to go check that out if you are interested in, in uh, recording uh, higher quality videos. We also want to thank MovieMorons.com for sponsoring us. MovieMorons.com is a podcast all about movies. You got to check them out. They'll be previewing what's coming up for the rest of the year, give you an idea of what you ought to step out to the multiplex and see. And, of course, SyrianJunkies.de, another sponsor of Chuck vs. the Podcast. We encourage you to go check them out. They're the largest television fan site in the German language, and they also have a pretty cool podcast of their own. So go over and check it out, SyrianJunkies.de. Hello, this is Christina Caramel from Serien Junkies TV. Are you addicted to TV shows? Be our guests and learn the latest news and reflections on what's going on in the world of TV series. Well, our show is in German, but maybe you want to drop in anyway? Then visit www.serienjunkies.de and watch out for our video podcast. See you. And so before we move on to our spoilers, there are just a couple of last things we want to, want to talk about. And one of them is I'm really excited about what's happening with my new TV writer podcast. And I, I wouldn't ordinarily pump it all the time into the Chuck one, but I do think that the shows that I'm covering um, are of special interest to Chuck fans in the same kind of target demographic. First, we, we did have Matt Miller in the first episode who used to write for Chuck and, and now is the showrunner of Human Target. Um, and had a great interview just posted with Jack Kenny, the showrunner from Warehouse 13, 
which I'm sure if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. It's a it a lot of the same kind of tone, action, spy-ish, sci-fi-ish stuff. Uh, really, really great interview too. And coming up, Eureka, which is another show that I think would be a great interest to to Chuck fans, uh, including an interview with Neil Grayston, who plays Fargo. So cool stuff on the TV Writer Podcast that you can find at tvwriterpodcast.com. Very exciting stuff, Gray. I love going over there. And remember, if you have questions or comments to share, please email us at mail at chuckpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. And you can follow on Twitter at Gray Jones, G-R-A-Y-J-O-N-E-S, or uh, for you guys, Chuck TV, at chucktv.net. That's correct. Yep, and you can get all that information at the website, chuckpodcast.com. You can always check out back episodes at chuckpodcast.blip.tv. Um, we'd love for you to view the shows online because that gives us a little bit of help financially. But uh, that's all we have before the spoilers, which are abundant. So if you don't want to hear the spoilers, just pull the headphones out of your ears or press pause. But for now, uh, we want to wish you a very great Chuck week, and it's only a Boy, short time before Chuck comes back, and uh, we hope you're planning your parties, getting your cheese balls, and inviting all your friends for the Chuck premiere. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye-bye. And we're back. So, Mel, what have you got for us? Our first spoiler is so exciting. I think the entire fandom did a collective yes when this was announced. A former James Bond will be joining the show for multi multiple episodes this season. Beginning in episode 7, titled Chuck vs. the First Fight, Timothy Dalton, who played Bond in The Living Daylights and License to Kill, will join Chuck as a mysterious stranger who has a history with Chuck's mom. And Ozzy Allo, that... NBC released that information themselves, and then Aziello got a little more scoop for us. He said that uh, Dalton's character will come in the form. Uh, well, first of all, he squashed the rumor that Dalton's character is Chuck's father, and he also said that he's going to um, be possibly a reason why Chuck's mom has been gone. So mm. we're not quite sure how to take that yet. Um, you know, is he? Was he? one of the constellation named agents that Orion kept intel on in the basement, or is he what a, a villain? We don't know yet. Mysterious. Hmm. Yeah. Very mysterious. Yeah. It's very hmm. exciting. Interesting. And his first episode will be episode seven, Chuck versus the first fight. Cool. Can't wait. Seven weeks. That puts it at November 1st, actually. Oh, November mm-hmm. sweeps. Good. Oh yes. November sweeps. Bingo. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, also exciting for Zach Levi fans, um, and for us, I think here is uh, Zach reuniting with one of less than perfect his less than perfect co-stars, which is Eric Roberts. Woo-hoo! I was so excited when I read that. Mm-hmm. He played Anchorman Will Butler on Less Than Perfect, and he's going to guest on Chuck. He'll be part of um, Casey's former special ops team, referenced in this spoiler from TV Guide. Also part of the team are Squintern filmmaker and Zach's best buddy, Joel David Moore, and WWE superstar Batista. I imagine Casey and Batista will be the grunting part of the group, <laughs> while, while Moore and Roberts are more like the I am PC and I am Mac. <laughs> yeah, I could totally see that. Mm-hmm. The two begin filming on Monday, August 30th. 
But wait, Roberts has even more connections to check. He can currently be seen on the big screen in The Expendables, co-starring with Steve Austin, uh, Hugo Panzer from season three, and returning in season four, and Dolph Lundgren, who's guest starring also in season four. So big news. Yeah, big news. And and I just hope, I'm crossing my fingers, that they do some A-team references. <laughs> Because it, it seems like they've they've got the Murdoch character, they've got kind of the um, the 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 squad, and if they do it like a team, I think they're gonna like, they're gonna be able to make so many laughs happen. Well, Casey already has the black van; he just needs a red stripe. <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, very very cool. And uh, our last spoiler here is from Kristen at E Online. Uh, Neil in Boise, Idaho asks, "Didn't you hit the Chuck set? How was it?" Kristen says, magical as always. Yvonne Strahovski was shooting a fight scene on a catwalk with supermodel Karolina Kirkova, and it's definitely going to rank up there as one of the best girl fights ever on Chuck. Yvonne also answered one of your fan questions, whether Brandon Ralph Daniel Shaw will return. In a way, I think will make you happy. Oh man, another rise from the dead? Yvonne says with a laugh. A laugh. I don't know how the fans would like that one. I think we have to leave the love triangles alone this time around because I think the fans just want to see Chuck and Sarah together for a little while before we bring in an evil love interest. Yvonne says of Chuck and Sarah, they're together now. It gets very couple-y. We're sort of finding our couple feet and the story is going to take us into finding Chuck's mother. Love those words. Yes. Awesome stuff. And uh, Christian's always been a great uh, supporter of Chuck. So, uh, if you have a chance to follow her on Twitter, um, she's a worthy one to follow. But that's uh, that's all we got. Anything, anything else you guys have? Late breaking stuff? Uh, nope. Nope. That's it. Well, that's all we wrote. And we'll see you next time. More frequent podcasts coming and some really, really cool stuff. See ya. Bye, Chucksters. Bye-bye.